Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive rate shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a rate shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, Overdesigned and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret we make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! Tune in every two weeks for Disasters in the Making, where a couple of bent mind entertainment writers expound on their absolute passion and love for bad cinema and bad Hollywood. Joining us each week with Paul Young from Screen Rent and Brad Slager from numerous entertainment outlets, they get together and tear into the worst part of Hollywood in the best way possible. Join every two weeks on Disasters in the Making. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com.
welcome to another bleeping podcast. Yes, we are the podcast that can rip out your living heart and show it to you before you die. Um, I am your co-host, Cranky Gordon, and with me is my favorite American Ninja Warrior co-host, Don. Say hi, Don. Hi. It was uh, really uh, an honor to win the cage match to be able to be here with you tonight. It wasn't pretty, but winner takes all. You know what I mean? And 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 I know. Oh, and and you know how much I loved Sarah, but she had to go down. Yeah, I feel the same way about Deeps, man. Turns out he's all talk, but you know. Little sucker punch really put him out of the action. Seems like a nice yeah, guy otherwise. Well though. Played. Sorry? Maybe we'll have him back again. Who Deeps? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you send him the chocolates in the hospital? <laughs> He'll heal up nice. Well, he's a tough guy. Yeah, it's cool. So, um, how was your week? Uh, started out very nicely with a, a nice uh, quiet birthday and a massage and just kind of went downhill from there. But we're not going to talk about that tonight because tomorrow's Friday. How was cool. yours? About the same. I mean, I'm still trying to find the hilarious fun upside of all the bullshit that went down this week with uh, Parler and uh, Twitter and censorship and witch hunts and all that stuff, but um, hey, we're bleeping podcast. We're going to have some fun. Am I right? I mean, all I, yeah, the only updi- upside I saw was the memes. Other than that, I am I was uh, going all in on the dark humor, but other than that, I got nothing. Yeah, that's fine. In fact, maybe we should bring on our guests sooner because this is a real get for us and a real honor, and you guys are going to love him. And I think he has a, a better, uh, more positive attitude than we do this week as well. So, uh, yeah, you might know him from uh, Red Eye and the Greg Gutfeld Show or Dude, You're Screwed and Hollywood Weapons, but you may also know him as a daytime TV heart, heartthrob from One Life to Live. We have the one and only Terry Shepard with us. How are you, sir? By the way, clearly I just uh, – I missed some really high-level violence here or something. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry I wasn't able to, like, at least ref it or something like that. Well, we, we got all Everybody wound up watching your videos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we tr- we tr- all the stuff I do, I was talking to one of my friends the other day about this because I've done, and I'll tell you, we can talk about how I got into doing this shenanigans, but my, jo- my job is always to, honestly, is to entertain because, uh, you know, I think when I first started doing the hosting stuff, you know, Green Beret, Terry Shepard, I no one cares. And I think the biggest thing too, you know, because I'm a, a, a trained actor as well. I mean, I, I just know I t- I've told guys who are getting jobs in that business. I said, dude, don't be something that you think they want to see. Like, don't be that stoic, tough guy, because that's not interesting on film. It's way more interesting to be to be you. And it sounds trite, but as a be vulnerable, fall on your ass, you know, and, and, and actually laugh at yourself, because I think that's I've learned that, too. I, I you know, I led a special forces team for a few years, and I, th- I think we all can agree no matter what your walk of life is, take your job seriously. Take, take some, take, take what life throws at you seriously, but man, do not take yourself too seriously because you just, you just become tedious at that point. So I I try not to be that way. 
Yeah, well, and I think you've already touched on a couple of different parts of your life. You've really had quite a journey. So you, you teased us with how you got into uh, being on TV from being a Green Beret. So why don't, why don't we start there? Kind of give us yeah, a so it was, it was, I guess it was, a, yeah, people say it's interesting. Maybe you call it schizophrenic or, you know, ADD. Uh, but I think, yeah, so, you know, I was a kid in high school. I was a good athlete. Good, I went to college in UNC. University of North Carolina at Wilmington. I was a bio guy and then I switched to anthropology. But one year before my senior year, I, I ended up reading a book about the Green Berets in Vietnam. And I remember I, I borrowed it from a friend of mine. I couldn't, I read it cover to cover that night. And what what it really made a mark on me wasn't the stories of their missions, which are harrowing. Those guys, like the MACV SOG guys and the, and the Special Forces guys in Vietnam, if you don't know anything about them, read about them. But it was the black and white pictures. You saw the pictures of these cats coming back from a mission or on their way out, covered with dirt. They got their arms around each other, tiger stripe fatigues, black guys, white guys, Montagnards, and they were smiling. And I thought, these dudes are smiling at death. And, you know, some of them didn't come back. And, and I thought, I want to be that guy. So as soon as I graduated, I didn't go to graduate school, which I was planning on doing. Um, I enlisted in the army. My dad was not happy about that because I didn't want to be an officer. So I was an infantry guy in the 82nd Airborne and uh, got some good experience. You know, I was uh, trained in Panama. We went to Ranger School. I was in the Gulf War for like whatever that was, eight or nine months. Came back, tried out for Special Forces, made it. Uh, went to the Green Beret Medical Sergeant's course. So I was a Green Beret medic. And then I was in, uh, uh, assigned to the 1st Battalion, 10th Special Forces in Stuttgart. Uh, in Stuttgart for viel Habiara. So I was there for about four and a half years. And then, uh, and then, so I'd been in for about nine years and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this over a career. Like I could do another 12 years of it. It was just, anyway. So I was like, what else do I like to do? Well, I liked theater. So I was like, screw it. I, I got out of the army, went back to New York. I auditioned for a bunch of conservatories in Manhattan and I got into them. And so I, I went to circle in the square theater school on Broadway and that was like a two-year full-time program. And then I got out of that and I was working in Manhattan and, you know, working at nightclubs to pay bills and, you know, auditioning and getting into doing a lot of theater and, but um starting to get into some TV stuff. And then 9-11 happened and I was like, well, what the hell do I do now? Do I go on auditions or get back in the fight? And so October, 2001, I re-enlisted. I looked into my options and, and I joined the National Guard Special Forces Um the unit was in Rhode Island, so it was about three and a half hours from Manhattan. So still in Manhattan. And so I was there from October 01 to October 2016. So I was training, deploying, and combat tours and schools and what we call J sets and training missions. Still living in the city, still doing uh, theater and still doing TV. And then I got a big break. I ended up hosting my own show on History Channel called Warriors with Terry Shepard. I don't know why they attached my name to it. I kept arguing with them. I go, no one knows who I am. No, you know what I mean? Like it was called Warriors of Terry Shepard, my first show. I was like, no one's going to give a crap about that. But anyway, so I, I, I mean, I love that show. It was, that's probably still my favorite show that I ever did. It was my first one and they didn't do another season of it. They, they liked the ratings, but it, I guess it wasn't enough. So then I did Shark Week. I did a big thing on Shark Week. I did Dude, You're Screwed, a survival show. I filmed in the Czech Republic because I, I don't know if I speak it fluently now. I was a pretty good Czech speaker in the military, so I filled in Prague. And the whole time I'm doing all this stuff, though, I'm still on a Special Forces National Guard team, you know, so I was still training and deploying. And the last five years, I retired in October 2016. The last five years, I was a team sergeant. So I was like the senior ranking enlisted guy on the team. And uh, 
so running the training and deployments and all that kind of stuff. And then I, my last job, which I'm still doing now, is Hollywood Weapons on Outdoor Channel. And yeah, that's where I am now. Just <laughs> I just turned 55 this in, in December, and I'm an old beat up man now. And that's kind of how it happened. So it's been a it's been a good run, you know. I, I I've lost a lot of good friends in the war, you know, and uh, could have been me, you know. So. I don't regret doing it. It definitely took my quote unquote traditional acting career out the window because you have to be in New York or LA and audition. You got to read. You got they call you in a part. You got to go. Well, I was gone a lot, so that kind of went away. So that's maybe something I could return to again. But no, I don't know. Kind of like what I'm doing now. Yeah. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Good. Are you going? Um, are you? Is there going to be a 2021 uh, season of of Hollywood Weapons? I sure as hell hope so, Cranky. I um. I was, we were told we were going to maybe here pretty soon. I don't know how it's going with, um, I think that's just been, um, uh, delayed or, you know, because I don't think they were ready. I thought we were going to start maybe potentially filming this spring. doesn't look like that's going to happen, but they haven't said they're not going to. So I hope we do. It's a really fun show to do. It's a really fun show. I mean, we've had, man, we had some cool guests too. Tom Selleck was on Gary Sinise and yeah, it was, and I get to be an idiot. I get to dress up. I always joke around with people too. I, I go guns, ah, boring. Wait, I get to dress up like Celine the Vampire from Underworld. Okay, I'm in. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, You're, when you dressed up as Captain Kirk to fight the Gorn, I mean, you were my hero. I didn't realize you were cool. I thought you were just a fellow nerd until I really went deeper. But that was freaking amazing because I've always Thank you. known you can kill a Gorn, but I never knew how. And for that, I am indebted to you, especially next time. It I'm can on be done. Three. <laughs> could be done. Oh, you even have Cessna 3. Dude, the place we filmed that too, the, the, in the actual – so we actually went to Vasquez Rock, which is where they filmed that outdoor, out, outdoor stuff with him. You can see that. And then yeah. the, the interior shots were all done in this upstate – in upstate New York, Ticonderoga. This guy has built a, a complete reenact – a whole rebuilding of the Star Trek Enterprise from – I mean because he used to work in that in that field, like all the plastic buttons – the color schemes, you're like walking on the set. It was crazy fun. Uh, crazy, crazy fun. That's awesome. I, I yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so uh, the question is, this is funny. I'm not the only one asking, but I don't know if you've ever answered. How did you get a James Duhan lookalike to work the transporter? Did you know what I was searching for? You know what's funny? Funny story. Gordon, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. So so the, they never told me. I get That dude is a local dude. And no one told me I did they they hid him from me because they didn't they didn't want me to see him, right? And so there's a scene where I, he's behind me and he said something and I turn and look and my yes. my my surprise is genuine. I'm like, you dude, how I mean, like, he really looked just like James Doohan. It was hysterical. Yeah, he's a local guy. And so they all it's, – it's actually a museum you can go to. You can go buy tickets to it and walk through it. And a lot of people like us who are into, you know, that kind of stuff go there. And, you know, the people – local people live there. They'll, they'll dress up. And But that guy – gosh, I forget his name. He was awesome because I turn around and go, holy crap, Scotty's, Scotty's <laughs> in the bottom. Scotty's on the bridge with me right now. Yeah. I mean, little things like that really make a show, I think, really fun. And, you know, when I was offered the show, it was kind of be a bit more of just a straight gun test thing. And I even said to them, you know, I'd done some other stuff for Outdoor Channel. So I, I we had a great relationship. But I was like, ah, this sounds kind of boring, man. It's kind of, you know, it's sort of been done. 
what if we, you know, if it's, since it's Hollywood weapons, let's bring the Hollywood part into it. Let's like reenact some of the scenes and get some of the references and sort of like inside jokes and let me dress up and, you know, let me play some of these parts. And they, Outdoor Channel, to their credit, really let us run with it. It wasn't just me. It was like the writer, Danny Ram, um, Larry, my co-host, and uh, the director, John Carter. Like we have a really great team and they, once we started, once we opened that can of worms, we couldn't stop. So every season we got even more, I think more funny, more wide open, you know, um, my sidekick Pompeo, the Spanish guy, he's so great. Like he was such a good sport and it's just become a, it's become a different kind of show than I think they initially envisioned it, but I think it's better. I do think it's better. I think it's more entertaining. Good. Cool. You um, definitely seem to be having fun with the costumes. That, well, I think, and that's the point Don too, like, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, dude, I really like, I like watching that show with my kids. So that's good. You know, like that's actually a positive thing. And I I hope people, and the other compliment I've got like, people who know me well, guys in the military or friends of mine who are really good friends of mine. They're like, they're like, dude, you're exactly like that in real life. So the, the idiot that you see on the screen, that's the idiot that I am. So I'm not, I'm not acting. I'm really being dumb Terry. Who's like, you know, having a lot of fun and, and, um, it's just I, I hope we get to do another season because it's been so much fun, so much fun. Very good. And then you also uh, specialize in improvised weapons. Yeah, what's so your a while. Favorite, yeah. What's your favorite improvised weapon? Something that would not necessarily be a weapon. I mean, honestly, there's nothing that isn't a weapon. And it was funny. It was a few years ago. This guy Adam Slutsky reached out to me. He's written a lot of different books, and he was kind of like. He was like, I'll ghostwrite it for you. He was like, well, I can let me contribute a lot. So we we kind of worked on it together. I wanted to call – it was called The Guide to Improvised Weaponry. I fought tooth and nail. I wanted to call it The, the Green Berets Guide to Lazy Street Survival. And I thought that was a pretty – right? I thought that was a cool title, but the publishers really pushed back and like, well, you know, we don't want to get – you know, it's an official Green Beret. I said, dude, if a seal puts his name on a book, everybody buys it because it's a seal. I said, we don't, it's, it's, it's my interpretation of it. It's not an official U.S. Army special operation. Anyway, so it, I didn't get my wish. I wanted to call something fun like that because I want it to be, you know, it was kind of like a one-off thing and it was pretty fun. I mean, I think the, the stuff I put in there, sort of the survival type things and mindset stuff, I think was my con contribution to it. You know, some of the silly weapon stuff, we were just batting stuff around. I mean, the biggest thing on a, on a, on a improvised weapon is, is the surprise of the person you're fighting, uh, fighting with, you know, cause they don't expect you. I mean, you could have a water glass and just crashing into their face. Or if you're at a restaurant, you're surrounded by weapons. You've got knives and forks and, or a rigid menu. You take that and crack someone. So it was really, uh, he proposed the idea and I was like, yeah, we'll do it. And, you know, some people bought it. It was, it was not a huge success, but it was, it was fun to do, you know? And that's part of all just sort of thinking outside the box. I hate that term because it gets overused, but it, it is, you know, it's, when people ask what are green berets, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of fun with the Rambo thing with the, you know, okay, we have fun, but I just tell people green berets are problem solvers. That's really what it is. You know, we're, we're given a specific mission uh, but a lot of latitude. That's why the selection process is the way it is. The training is what it is because we want to weed out guys who can't really, who maybe just don't think well on their feet. It's not like you're a bad soldier, but you got to sort of think differently. And, you know, I, and also never take no for an answer. You know, like if, if, if oh, we can't do that, yeah, we can. Uh, you know, we'll either go around you 
under you, over you. If we have to, we'll go through you. But the best way is just that there's a, it's a thinking man's game. And that's what attracted me to it in special forces for sure. I think my best improvised weapon is my dog. But that's a good one. Seven pounds. Yeah, yeah. you throw like, that freaking yeah, crazy multi poo. Yeah, he'll just yeah. snark a snarling ball of fur and teeth, man. People never <laughs> saw that coming. He's very ferocious. A, a bag of dog poop might be a pretty good improvised weapon too. I put that in there. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're like that crazy, that crazy weirdo with a bag of dog poop in the city, man, I mean, the guy's gonna think twice. That's the thing about that book. I also said, I go, the thing is too. A, a lot of people who are victims of sort of street crime and stuff like that, they just, if you sort of seem like someone they can take, they're going to go. But if you crazily fight back and it's almost like when you see in the wild, like a lion gets smacked on the snout by something, it's like, holy shit, that just, you just took them out of their OODA loop. You know, they just, they're just like, I don't even know, maybe this isn't worth it, you know? So it's a scary world though, too, you know? I hate to do the segue from uh, fighting with dog poop bags to dogs, but that was the other thing I really wanted to get to with you tonight. And I know we're going to be short on time here, but you are uh, you're a dog hero. Mm. I, tell you, I really uh, appreciate. Well, it's I, you know I joke people are like oh you're you, you're so great for adopting old dogs. I go listen, don't kid yourself. I only adopt these old sick dogs because I'm old and I can outrun them. That's it, you know. <laughs> No, but it, it is always something I, vol you know, I volunteered at different shelters and I started, you know, adopting senior dogs years ago. And I just, and it breaks your effing heart every time. Cause sometimes I don't know, I get a dog and I don't know what's, I don't know what time bombs are ticking. Like, you know, I had a dog last January around this time I adopted this hound dog named Hazel. She was going to get euthanized and she's probably 10 years old, uses a breeder. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of those hunting dogs, the, the coon hounds and stuff just get thrown away. So I've never had one of them before. So I adopted her and, you know, eight months later I had to put her, put her to sleep cause she had bone cancer and it sucked. But, you know, I've also had dogs live for, you know, years, you know, I just got Larry in September. I hope he's doing good. Um, I've also adopted cancer dogs where I knew, I knew I wasn't going to have them long, but I just, it, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's not like I'm, I, I just think it, and it hurts. Like I, 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 every time I, every time I lose one, it rips my, my heart out, but I just, I keep going back to it, not because I'm a strong person or a good person. I just go back to it because I think, well, shit, you know, someone's got to, someone's got to give them a chance and someone's got to, you know, at least maybe their last days, they know they're warm, they're loved, they got food, you know, and they don't have to worry about anything. If I can do that, then, then I've done something good. I mean, that really is it. It's nothing, nothing special, honestly. It just, I found like once I started adopting senior dogs, I was like, that's, that's the, those are the kind of dogs I got to get. Cause I know working at a shelter, those are the dogs that get passed over all the time. Everybody wants a puppy. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure that you can tell in a lot of cases how happy they are and you know, sometimes it takes a while for them. Yeah. So, sometimes, sometimes they're immediately like, holy shit, is this real? Right. They're in Willy Wonka's cat. Cause I'm not, I, I don't train dogs. I'm the laziest dog owner. Like, cause they're just my friends. So like they, Hey man, you get the run of the house, try not to destroy stuff. And, but in it, sometimes it does take them a little while to bloom, you know, like, and that is also a really satisfying thing to see them come from maybe where they're in the shelter and they're like overwhelmed and they're, they're, you know, they're kind of beat down. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these little hints of their behavior that like, okay, now I'm really seeing, now I'm really seeing who they are. And that's, that's rewarding for me. I can see that. Yeah. 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 I, I would, I don't know what I would do without them. 
you know, my dad died in September and I was like, Oh shit. I was helping take care of mom. Yeah. Mom, mom has her little dog, but I was like, ah, I just, just, just on a whim. I just looked on the internet and looking for senior dogs. And here's this guy pops up. I was like, Oh boy, I got to meet him. As soon as I met him, I knew I was going to get him, you know, and he's a pain, he's a pain in the butt, but he's awesome. (laughs) He's got quite a face on him. Yeah. He's got, he has got the face. He's got, he's like a cartoon dog face. He's like, like that. Great. All right, Cranky, I'm uh, monopolizing our guest here. What do you want to talk about, Cranky? What do you want? It's funny. After the Star Trek um, uh, discussion, I think we lost all the ladies in the chat, but the dog talk (laughs) brought them all back. So you saved the show with heart. (laughs) Uh, We're we're, 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 uh, we're, we're boxes, aren't we? Cranky, you know, we're nerds. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud to be a nerd, uh, 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 Gordo, because I'm like, I grew up also, you know, I was a really good football player, good athlete, but I also was a D and D nerd, I guess. And so like I started playing when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And I think that was just instrumental in me doing so well in school. I mean, I, I like the S and this is not a bragging thing. I'm just trying to point some correlation. So like what eighth grader or ninth grader is reading books on, you know, you know, Norse mythology and medieval castle construction. And then, putting kind of all that tied together. So like we could, we'd play Friday night football game and all the, all the other dudes would go out drinking and try to hook up with girls. I'd go meet my D and D friends and we'd play till the (laughs) sun came up. And so, and, but it was right. You get it, right. You get it, right. You've been there. Well, sort of, let's put it this way. Um, In the basement, we were so thrilled that you came and joined us. Um, You know, we hung around you so, so that we didn't get beat up. And uh, we were just thrilled that, that you knew, you know, the Hydra list from, uh, (laughs) <laughs> from a basilisk. <laughs> I also play tomorrow night, dude. So I so so here's the thing. So I kind of, but I think I also what what that did though was give me a a really a good reading base and vocabulary. Like when I took the SATs and I guess it was '83 or something like that before because I started college in '84. You know, the SAT was the verbal and math, right? And each score was 800 max. I think I, I got like 780 verbal, and it's not because I'm smart necessarily. It's just because I read so much and I was used to also communicating that way. And so I think, again, I, I, I thought D and D D and D's hit a real resurgence. Now um, I see it. It's like kind of the cool thing to do. It's like cool to be a nerd, but you know, right. I was never, ashamed, I was never ashamed of it. I, I think it was really great. And I'm, I'm playing again. Now there's a group here in, in the North Carolina area that I play with when I'm in town and I run a campaign. I also play a game called call of Cthulhu, which is wow. uh, a role. Have you ever heard of it? No, no. I, I play the PC games now, not the board games anymore. Oh, see, and I don't, and I don't do computer stuff. Like, I hate computer shit. I do. I hate it. Like, I, I have to have the table. I have to have the guys around the tabletop. We played it on Zoom, and you can do it. It's just not as fun. But Call of Cthulhu is obviously based on HP Lovecraft, but it's a horror game. Bit of a different, more investigative. But I run a version of it called Pulp Cthulhu. So picture, like, Indiana Jones fighting the evil mythos. And uh, so I run a campaign for Pulp Cthulhu. And I also, tomorrow I'm playing, I play with a group of guys. They invited me. They're all these like well-known sci-fi writers and stuff. And the DM, the dungeon master is Jim Ward, James Ward, one of the original D and D guys. Really? Uh, he was back. Yeah, he was one of Gary Gygax uh, people. So it's really, <laughs> so I'm playing that tomorrow from like three to six 30. I look forward to that. It's going to be fun. It's going to oh, be fun. So great, yeah. I, it's a great game. It's a great game. It's a great, it's a great game. It's a, it's a really great game. And all of those games are, there's so many good ones too. Cyberpunk is a cool tabletop game. 
uh, Alien, they just had a new tabletop role-playing game for Alien, which I got, but I haven't had a chance to run it. So, yeah, I'm into all that kind of stuff now. It's good to be playing that again. For years, I just wasn't able to find people to do it with. Right, and have several hours blocked out. Yeah, well, and, and you know, and life kind of changes when you become older. So, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not married, I don't have kids, but, like, you know, a lot of guys have families. And so, in the old days in high school, dude, we, what else were we going to do? It was Friday night. I got back from the game. And we go to someone's house and, you know, we start eating and we're playing all night. That, you, when you're younger, you can do that. When you're older, life gets in the way. Guy, I can't make this. I got to do this. And I always give the guys a bunch of crap to I'm like, oh, look at me. I've got my family. I can't play d and I'm like, how dare you? No, I'm just kidding. But, it's, <laughs> but it is. It's, it's harder, it is harder to schedule stuff with people and to have that huge block of time. So that's that's always the challenge, actually, really. You know, the game isn't, you know, the game's fun, but it's. Getting people in one area is kind of, kind of sometimes a pain in the butt. No, you got to pull it off. I'm thrilled to tell you, that's great, man. Well, we are out of time, but I want to use the last couple of minutes to to tell, for you to tell people where we can find you. You know, on Twitter, on social media, on television, you name it. Yeah, I mean, if you go to out, if you go to the Outdoor Channel website, they have a pretty cool. Uh, they 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 did have some really good. Um, some a lot of clips from the show and they also had they had an archive of like some of the the longer interviews like when i talked to gary sinise or tom Selleck or, or bill duke from predator um so that's good also i don't run it i don't do facebook i'm terrible at social media but like there's a facebook page for hollywood weapons and there's we're always updating that with different different tests and all that kind of thing so i'm around i'm not a i try to I do, 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 do too much social media but it is what it is i'm on twitter too at terry shepherd so seem like you're too smart to be on there often but at least people can find you there it's fun you know i think it's kind of almost like a bit of a crack thing you go on for a couple yes. of days and then i just gotta walk away from it because you can literally blow a whole day on it and it's just not productive and i think you know right now too we sort of talked about this before we came on you know there's people there's a lot of tensions are running high and people get really upset about stuff so you got to be i don't know it is what it is but you know i've also met a lot of great I've, i'm talking to you guys because of it so can't be that bad Cool. Speaking of, I mean, we'd love to have you on again if, if you'd have us. Um, Man, anytime. Yeah, anytime. But the funny thing is I feel dumb because I was I jacked it up the first time we tried to arrange it. And then and then all the stuff happened with dad. And even now I was talking to I thought we were going to do it in the morning because you guys I want your listeners. I want your listeners to know how much I've given you tonight because normally I'm in bed by now. So shame on you. So <laughs> it's OK. I do it for the people. You know what I mean, Gordon? I do it for the people, yes. for my fans. But I yeah, did notice, yeah, I did notice your D and D game was uh, afternoon time instead of yeah. after the football game right. times. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I don't even watch football anymore. They ruined it for me too. So the D and D game is is on Friday from three to yeah, it's on from it's three to six thirty because a lot of those cats are out in California, and some of the guys are in, out the west. So it's a weird time, you know. Um, but a great bunch of people, and yeah, anytime I'll come on. Anytime you guys want to talk about stuff, I'm happy to. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and thanks, Don, for, for putting up with me for kind of missing the scheduling and all that kind of stuff. You were really, really patient with everything that was going on with, with uh, No, no, no. It was all understandable. And yeah. I'm just glad yeah, that yeah. we finally got you on. Yeah, anytime, guys. It was a pleasure. Great. Cool. Because next week we're going to have you back on where you're going to tell us why those silencers on, on movies and TV shows are BS. 
Anytime. I'll talk okay. anytime, anytime. It's what we'll do. And uh, we can talk about any of those episodes. I, I'm glad. You know what? I want to say this before I go. I appreciate that you dug the Star Trek one because that was one of my favorite episodes, actually, because it was just so atmospheric. And I was like, how are we do? How are we getting away with this shit right now? <laughs> <laughs> because people like me love you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, guys, I wish you a happy new year. Uh, you know, I hope this year is better for everybody and, and for you and your families and and everybody else. That's that's all we can hope for and just do the best we can, right? Yep. You as well, Terry. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, on. guys. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right, you too. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.